0: how in the world do you process 540 names? Uh, actually, we had to process close to 900 names uh, altogether. And Christina Wilmot in the back, she's hiding behind the computer. Uh, <laughs> I sent her these spreadsheets. We had 500 registrations in three days. And she's like, you trying to kill me or what? And uh, it was pretty wild. <laughs> So, and, and man, I want to echo what was said. Our our college students, Matt, you were amazing yesterday. Thank you so much. Oh, man. <laughs> Tony and I were out in the lobby. We were like, the place has never been fixed after the giveaway so fast ever. And we, we didn't know we were insecure about it. We just didn't know. Just like, knock a chair down. We got to fix this. So... It was fantastic, so thank you. So, we, man, we love you. I hope you know that, Kai Alpha. We love you so much. We really do. Man, love, love my college students, I'm telling you. All right, do we have our Bibles today? All right, turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2. I better get my notes, otherwise you'll be here till like 3. So, the book of Luke, chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 8 today, and we're going to go to verse 20. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. I want to share a message today as we look at the story, the Christmas story of the shepherds. And uh, I've chosen this topic, turn your fear into faith. Turn your fear into faith. If there's anything that I believe has really dictated policy in our country, And the economy itself, and decisions that maybe our leaders make, and maybe even all the way down to us, what we make, maybe on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, whatever the case might be. I think oftentimes we're governed and influenced by fear, we're afraid. We're afraid of getting sick. We're afraid of losing something. We're afraid of missing out on something. We're afraid of dying. We're afraid of this and that. I'm mean, filling the blank, and, and I'm not talking about phobias. Like you're afraid of spiders, okay? Okay. Or, or mine. I hate ladders, uh, and I don't want to get into that. That's between that's between me and my therapist. So, but uh, I, I, I want to talk about something a lot deeper than that, and. We're going to take a look at the shepherds that received the message that the Christ child had been born, and there were two extremes in emotions that were shown by the shepherds that I want to talk about today because I think we could really learn a lot from this. And so, if you're able to, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? And we're going to read this together, and then we're going to unpack this a little bit here, and let's see what the Lord might have for us, okay? Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. They were terrified. Let's keep going. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying. That you would meet us today at our moments of anxiety, our moments of fear, our moments of dread. God, I believe it's a real issue that many people deal with. And God, I ask you that today you would speak to us to learn how to, how to deal with that. And Jesus, show us from this scripture what we can do, what we can apply to our lives on a daily basis this way. And God, I'll thank you for what you do. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. So we're talking today about turning our fear into faith. Again, fear, I believe, even runs our, uh, runs our economy. Uh, if there's a, a shot fired in the Middle East, gas prices go up, right? Right? If there's, a, you know, it doesn't take much for leadership, even in our country to react very strongly whenever there is a fearful situation. It motivates us, oftentimes in the wrong way. And I am not naive enough to believe that nobody in here ever deals with fear and anxiety. For some, it could be crippling. For others, it could be uh, kind of a a once-in-a-while thing. The question is, how do you deal with it? Because I've Heard in my past, I've heard people say, well, you know, you just need to pray more. Hallelujah. And I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, that's it? That's it. And that's like saying to somebody with a broken ankle, you know, you need to pray more is what you need to do. Uh, well, I appreciate your prayers, but maybe I should get this checked out. <laughs> and um, if we're dealing with fear, how do we, how we navigate that? How do we navigate that? Well, let's look at the extremes again that we saw. Verses 8 and 9 of our text, we read, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were terrified. Then, at the end of our passage, the shepherds returned, so they went back to the same this time glorifying and praising God. What changed? Are the shepherds bipolar or what? How did this happen? How do you go from being so terrified and fearful to worshiping and praising God? What happened? I will tell you that the events in between the angelic appearance and the visitation with the baby, I will tell you that that, what happened in between are some lessons that we can learn on how to deal with, the fearful moments in our lives, and the anxiety in our lives, and and by the way, that's going to come in all sorts of ways. By the way, there are some people here. It doesn't take much for you to be riddled with anxiety. There are certain things that'll trigger that. It could be a financial situation. Boom. It could be something. Uh, maybe a symptom comes, anxiety, fear, and to some, then it'll cripple you. Others. Deal with it every day. How do you navigate that? Because I will tell you this. I'm not suggesting you're in sin because you're dealing with fear. But what I am suggesting is this. That is not the life that Jesus has for you. That is not God's best for you. That is not God's plan for you. He has something different for you. So what I'd like to give you today are what I call some action words. Some action words that you can apply to your life when you are caught up, maybe even riddled with fear and riddled with anxiety. I think this is going to help you today. Number one, ready? Here's the first action word. Let's process our fear first of all. What do I mean by that? (laughs) Let's look again, okay? Verse 10 and 11. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of Bethlehem a savior or in the town of David a savior has been born to you he is the messiah the lord and this will be the sign to you you will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger now here's the thing before we go any further look closer what the angel said to the shepherds did he say anything no. <laughs> Do you know that a lot of us, we find ourselves so fearful and full of anxiety and we're rebuking Satan? I rebuke you because I'm fearful. And the devil's like, I had nothing to do with this. (laughs) And it could be. It could be that we are actually afraid of things that the devil had nothing to do with. You see, anxiety can come in a lot of ways. Anxiety can come because there's something very good is happening to you that you don't understand. Let's cut the the shepherds a little bit of slack here for a second. If you come face to face with an angel and the glory of uh, the heavenly host singing Right in front of you, okay? We're not talking the little fat, precious moments figurine angels, okay? You remember those, those of you who are over 20? Okay, remember those? Okay. Okay. If you see an angel, read the book of Isaiah or read the book of Revelation, okay? That is quite the sight, all right? So let's, we will give the shepherds a break a little bit. They were terrified, but they were afraid and terrified over something that was very good. hmm See, sometimes we become very insecure and terrified of something that as actually is very, very good. God might put us in a new position. God might put you in a new level of influence to share what he's all about. God might put you in a spot where he wants to use you in a big way. And I will tell you, that could be extremely intimidating. I remember talking to my family going to the giveaway. And I said, you know what? I've been doing this for years, but I, 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 you got to pray for me because I'm a little intimidated about this this time. I don't know what it was. And, and what it was, I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't scared of one person, even the lady that cussed me out. I was not scared <laughs> of one person. God bless her, just... She had a bad day, and um, and but so I wasn't scared of one person out there. But but I thought, oh Lord, I'm just I am intimidated by this this mission that I have to to demonstrate Jesus to all these people, to hundreds of people, and and that can that can make you fearful. That can make you scared. That can terrify you, and sometimes. I think we need to make sure that we know what the source of our fear is. Now, here's what I do know. Okay, Paul said this to Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Can you say amen? So we know that fear does not come from God. God does not operate in making you terrified and making you anxious and making you scared. That is not God's mode of operation, okay? But sometimes I think. Our minds take a trip, hear me, our minds take a trip that we really don't need to be taking. Now, some of you don't get this, but others of us, man, it's like a YouTube rabbit hole in our brains. Like, some of you don't know what I'm saying, but, but like, you watch a video on YouTube, it's just like, oh, th- this one's recommended too. And, and so I go, from, I go from, you know, watching American Idol to puppies swimming. I thought, well, how'd this happen? It's just this huge trip all of a sudden. And, and, but mentally, mentally we do that too sometimes. I don't watch puppies swimming, by the way, just so you know. But mentally, sometimes our mind does that. Oh, I'm in this position. Are they going to like me? Are they not going to like me? Am I going to fail? Some of us are so scared to fail that we'll never try. Some of us will never, ever, ever do what God has called us to do because we're too afraid of failure. And I think the words of Isaiah come in really handy about this time. But now this is what the Lord says, "He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name." God says, "You are mine." You are mine. So let's... If it's from the devil, let's identify it and let's, let's act accordingly. But if, if it's something good, there's another way to act when we are afraid. So let's keep going. You ready? Next action word is praise. Praise. And sometimes, if a preacher like me says, you should praise when you're fearful... That sounds so flaky. You know, just sing the nice song, you know, your fears will go away. And 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 that, that that's not always the case. How many of you know that's not the case all the time, right? But let's read this again. Suddenly, verse 13 and 14: suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, here's the deal. Here's what praise and worship does. Why, why do we sing praise and worship before I preach? Okay, is it just because that's the opening act and now I'm the main event? That's not why we do it. Okay, Please, it's not. Okay. You know, are they warming you up? No, it's not there at all. Do you know what praise and worship does? Praise and worship will take our attention from our circumstances and direct our attention to the Savior. Now this is important Because if you are fearful About what you are going through And what you are facing You will tend to camp out mentally On that You will will build your house In the land of fear And you will never get out of that You will never move Because your focus Is on everything that you're afraid of That's not how God Has designed your life God's desire is for you to turn your attention to him. And the more that I turn my attention to God, what happens? I see how big he is, and that makes my circumstances a little bit smaller. When I see how great God, that's what worship is, by the way. It's, it's our seeing God for who he is. We're not buttering up God so that he can give us whatever we want. Okay, God doesn't need our praise. How do I know this? Because God doesn't need anything. He's omnipotent. But we need our praise of God. God knows the power of, of people worshiping him and praising him because it keeps our thoughts away from our circumstances and it centers our thoughts on the one who can take care Of my circumstances. It takes my attention off of what makes me scared and it brings my attention to the one who created me and the one who saved me and the one who healed me in the past and the one who has done so many great things for me. That's the power of praise. That's why we worship. That's why we hope. That your idea of praise and worship is not just a couple fast ones and a couple slow ones before the preacher preaches on Sunday. My hope is that worship would be a regular thing where you could sit in your car and just say, God, I praise you. When you see that sunset, I've had moments where I've just said, God, you are just showing off today. Wow, God, I just praise you. I cannot believe how beautiful this night sky is. I have those conversations with God. You know what that is? That's praise that's worship. I'm seeing the bigness of my God. And the more I see the bigness of my God, the less I see the bigness of my fears. Let me say that again. The more I see the bigness of my God, the less I see the bigness of my fears. This is why praise and worship is so vital. Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4, and I want you to watch the words because a lot of us are familiar with this passage of Scripture, so let's not run through it too quick. But Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Christina, take me back to that first verse again, with thanksgiving with thanksgiving. Do you know why that two-word phrase is so important? Because I'm giving my prayers to God. God, I need you to heal. God, I need you to do this. God, I need... But I thank you, Lord, that you've done it before. So what's that do? That builds my faith. I'm praying, but I'm praying from a place of victory. I'm playing from a, I am praying to God from a place that says, he's done it for me before, I think he can do it again. And so I offer my prayers and I offer my requests with thanksgiving, which is a form of praise. So there is power when God's people praise the Lord. Can you say Amen. We're talking about turning our fear into faith. We've talked about processing our fear. We've talked about putting praise in the midst of our fear. Number three, we need to progress. We need to progress in our faith. i wanted to catch something. Because this, this part's important. It's all important, but I say that so you will listen. Okay. Verses 15 and 16. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. And so they hurried off, they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Do you know what I've seen? I've seen many people who have used their moments of fear and their moments of anxiety and their lack of understanding about what's going on. And so the the only emotion that they have to react to is fear, then maybe even anger and resentment. And what do they do? They use this occasion to kind of stop, to kind of stall out their relationship with God. They will not come to God's house. They will not interact with other Christians. They will not do what they know they should in their personal relationship with God because they allow the fear to be a barrier in their spiritual growth. But look again at what the shepherds did. They got news that this baby was born. And what did they say? You know what, guys? God's kind of dealing with me. I think we should sit here and study the original Greek to see what we should do about this. Maybe we should get on the internets and find, find some. No, you know what they said? We, we got to go. We got to go. And th- they didn't hesitate. We, we, we got to go. And so they hurried off to get as close to the Savior as possible. See, get this. Oh, man, this is... Having a great angelic experience was not enough. I'll just linger there. Those of you who've had some great experiences... And you're still camping out on that experience that you had with that evangelist twenty years ago, and you think you're good until you die. Let me just tell you something: God has something new for you, and you don't need to stay in the field. You need to get as close to Christ as you possibly can. I don't know. If, I don't care if you've known him for a minute, or I don't care if you've known him for decades. You're at a place where you cannot allow yourself just to stay idle spiritually. A especially when you're facing times of fear. In fact, I will tell you that when times of fear come, it's time to get closer to Jesus. I'm not suggesting that you're facing fear because you're lacking spiritually. Not at all. But what I am saying is that when fear comes and anxiety comes, that is an opportunity that we have to take to say, okay, I am going to make a deliberate effort to get as close to the Savior as I possibly can. The shepherds did it uh, physically. We need to do it spiritually. This is a time when I need to read God's Word like I never have before. This is a time when I need to extend my prayer life to something more than God bless this food. Amen. This is when I need to get close to the Lord, to have a relationship with the Lord. And when your times of fear come, Don't you dare take a step backwards and don't you dare just stay idle. You gotta go. You gotta grow. You gotta mature. You gotta get closer to it. No matter where you're at in your spiritual journey, it's time to get closer. Well, I think I know it all. No, you don't. My former pastor used to say if you think that, then die. And that year we had a ton of funerals, by the way. <laughs> I said, Boss, you got to quit saying that. <laughs> you can never stop. You can't stop. Progress. If you're facing anxiety, fear, you're terrified, use this moment to get closer to the Lord. Number four, I'm almost done. <laughs> Number four. But this, this passage is so good. And, and, and verses 17 through 19, proclaim. That's the next action word. And this is why it's tempting to skip over this, but I, I couldn't. Because look, look what they did in verse 17, 18, and 19. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. Did you catch that? They spread the word. These are not preachers, by the way. These are not missionaries. These are, these are not Jewish teachers. These are shepherds. Okay? Not the brightest bulb in the string on the Christmas tree. Okay? Okay? Kind of regular people. A lot like us. A lot like us. And it's wild to me that the Holy Spirit used them to proclaim what had happened. All who heard it were amazed at the shepherds, at what they said. But Mary treasured all things, all these things and pondered them in her heart. This is another advancement in times of fear of your thought life. Okay, here, th- th- this is why I love this here, okay? Because you would think, well, yeah, they were excited, so they spread the word. Okay, yeah, but, but the application here I think is incredible because they could have said, they could have said, oh, look, a baby. <laughs> Let's just keep this experience to ourselves, okay? I mean, and, and you know, we'll come back, we'll come back, we'll come back, we'll start a ministry, <laughs> And, and and but they could have kept it quiet. You might say, how could they? There's a savior of the world, and I would counter that today to all of us by saying, how could we keep the message of a savior secret in our life? How could we keep that to ourselves? And see, you know what happens? See, remember when I said praise takes you off of your circumstances and you focus on Christ? Do you know what sharing The good news does, it takes your mind off of yourself, and now it's on other people. Oh, man. Nothing will make you less selfish than sharing your testimony of what God has done in your life. Nothing will make you more selfless than being a person who simply says, I don't even have all this figured out. Here's what I know. I used to be this, now I'm this. And the difference was Jesus. You don't need a degree. You don't need all the points to start with the same letter, although it would be good. But, (laughs) just kidding. But can can you tell somebody, can you tell someone, this is what Jesus has done in my life? You see, please, you you mean when I'm facing times of anxiety that, that God wants me to share... Share what he's done in my life I haven't even figured it out I'm kind of a train wreck We got a lot of train wrecks in here We got a lot of hot messes in here And if you think you can only Why are people looking at other people Just like yeah you You are a train wreck You are derailed Chemical spill in the lake That's how bad of a train wreck you are But here's the deal Here's the deal You don't have to have it all figured out you don't have to have it all figured out. But you could certainly say what you've experienced. That, that's called a testimony. And there are few things more powerful than a testimony. And for you, you're able to share the good news with somebody instead of focusing on the bad news in your life. Man, I should say that again probably. When you share the good news, you spend less time focusing on the bad news. Book of Isaiah, again, chapter 12, it says this. With joy, you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation in that wonderful day that you, you will sing. Thank you, Lord. Praise his name. Tell the nations what he's done. Let them know how mighty he is. I saw God change lives in this building yesterday. I'm going to brag on God. I'm going to tell the world how mighty God is. I'm going to let Facebook know that God still saves souls. I'm going to let my other preacher friends who are discouraged know that God is still in the saving business and he's changing lives. And people are still open to the message of the good news of Jesus Christ because this world needs it. Let's proclaim the mightiness of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Don't let your fear and your bad news keep you from sharing the good news. Here's my last one. Yeah, let's give God praise for that because that was good. That was good. That was good. Here's my last one, I promise. Because I need a nap. (laughs) I invite you to prove this would be easy to miss. So, I want to make sure you leave today with this very important point. This very important action word. Verse 20. The shepherds returned. (laughs) They're not terrified anymore, they are glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. Look at that last phrase which were just as they had been told. You know how profound that is? You see, here, here's what I know. Here's what I know. I, I told the people in the back uh, when, when I was sharing uh, that life with Jesus is not always easier, but it's better. It's not always easier, but it's better. And, and I know this. I know this because I know what God's word says. I know that when I call on Him, He hears me and He'll answer. How do I know that? Because everything that God has told me in His word is true. Just, just as God told me, I know that even in the midst of my fear, He can give me a peace that doesn't make sense. How do I know that? Because every word that God says comes true. Everything God conveyed to the shepherds through the angel came true. Everything God conveys to you through the word of God, it will come true. How do I know this? 2 Corinthians. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. All of God's promises are yes and amen. God doesn't break his word. I should say it again. God doesn't break his word. Well, he hasn't come through for me Trust him. Trust him. Trust his word. Sometimes that's all I've got. Sometimes I don't feel so good, but I know his word's true. Sometimes other people fail me and let me down, but I know his word is true. Sometimes the circumstances around me are not good. I see my world around me crumbling. I see politicians making ridiculous decisions. I see, I see things that used to be unacceptable, become acceptable, and I'm like, Lord, as your follower, how am I supposed to deal with this? And then, then I got the one thing that won't change, and that is his word. That's his word. We, we, we can be assured today that his word will come true. And God invites you to Test him on it. I'll prove it to you. I'll show you. I'll show you I'm a healer. I'll show you I'm a restorer. I'm a a repairer of things that are broken. I, I, I can do all that. I'm your shelter. I'm your helper. I can prove that to you. God welcomes that. Because everything that you will read in this book is true. And God always keeps his word turning your fear into faith. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to wake up dreading Monday or any day. You don't have to walk worried that something bad's going to happen. God wants to just take you out of that. But but listen, I think there's some action steps we could take. Let's decide what's from God and what's not. Let's Worship him. Let's praise him. Let's keep going in our walk with the Lord. Let's, let's take him at his word. And let's proclaim who he is to people who need to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. That, that's what you can do in the meantime. Well, I still got those circumstances, that's fine. You do your part, God can turn your terror into praising him and worship and glorifying him. He could turn your fear into faith. Can you give God praise today? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Will you stand with me, all of us today? So I want to allow you to take some steps. To be honest with you, the meat of this message, really, the direction of this message, it really takes place outside these walls. It really does. You know, we can, we can you know, say, hey, great sermon and thanks, but if we do nothing with it, We've just wasted some time together. But, but can we? Can we apply these things? Maybe, maybe just one of these action steps you need to do differently than you've ever done before. Maybe it's a couple. Maybe it's all five. I don't know. But, but what can you do differently to take your fear and move it to faith? God wants to meet you today. And so I want to give you a chance to speak to him and to pray to him. And you could tell him what you're afraid of. He already knows. But it'd be good for you to tell him because it helps you. And maybe you just need to sit and just worship the Lord a little bit. Maybe, maybe you just need to focus on the goodness of God a little bit instead of your problem. Whatever the case you need to do. But but would you, would you give yourself a moment with the King of Kings today? And let him take your fear and move it to faith. So I'm going to pray. And, and when I say amen, I want you to do just that. Have a conversation. You may want to come to this altar and pray. You, you may want to pray at your seat. I'm not worried about where you pray. I just want you to pray. And when God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed to fellowship in the hallway. But, but I, I have a feeling that we have a number of people that need to have a bit of a conversation with our Lord about this. And I believe God's going to do some amazing things starting today. So Jesus, I pray that you would take our fear and our anxiety and those things that just make us so afraid. And God, I pray that we would do our part as we wait on you to do your part. So Lord, I pray that we would be willing to worship you, to tell others about you. God, that we would move forward in our faith in you and Lord God, I pray that we would depend on your word like never before. Jesus, meet with your people, I pray and move us from being terrified and anxious and fearful to a place of strength, to a place of faith, to a place of dependence on you. And I will thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need to pray, will you do so right now? And if God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.